Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Squeaks. Squeaks. And Cheddar. What's going on? Uh, all right, so uh, today we got a lot of nerd news going out, and then we have season three of Castlevania. We also have uh, an Onward review, so uh, we got a lot to go over, so let's get started right away. First off, The Last of Us gets a series. It's coming to HBO. According to The Hollywood Reporter, HBO will be creating a Last of Us series based on the critically acclaimed video game franchise. Uh, who here has played The Last of Us? Oh, man. Uh, Cheddar, uh, probably about the, the only game I've actually finished from start to, to end. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I know it's not World of Warcraft. We need to get you rating more. Cool. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> um, okay. So do you guys think it'd make a good movie uh, if you played it all the way through? Or a good series? Uh, see, I was kind of hoping for a movie because I know that was the talk for a little while. And then, so I'm kind of shocked that they're doing a series. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of wish I would have just saw it more on a, on a big screen than I do uh, with a series. But um, overall, for sure, yeah, no doubt about it. This thing is a movie already. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. Playing it, playing it, you feel like you're you're in it almost as a movie going step by step. I'm still surprised uh, seven years later that the, the game is still that popular. Yeah. Yeah, it's hugely popular, yeah. Uh, one thing that's nice is, you know, HBO, you know they're going to take care of it, and it's coming from the creator of Chernobyl, Craig Mazin. So he's being joined by Neil Druckmann, uh, who's the creator of the game itself. So we have the game creator and the actual uh, Chernobyl creator working together. They also have a lot of producers coming from Naughty Dog, and Sony's working on this. So it looks like they're going to be sticking pretty close to the game. Uh, looking at Joel and Ellie, though, is there any actors you guys would want to see play Joel or Ellie? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, I think who who my dream person to play Joel is going to be Dylan McDermott. Okay. Um, he was on American Horror Story Season 1. He made a cameo in this latest season. I think it's 1984. And then we saw a little bit on the funny side of him with the campaign with uh, Will Ferrell. I see. And yeah. uh, L.A. to Vegas, a TV show that I don't think is really going on anymore. I forgot but, that he was in the campaign. He was good in that, yeah. Yeah, he, he was funny. <laughs> He's actually really funny. But... Um, that's who I want to see. One, because he kind of looks like him, and two, I'm a huge fan ever since I've seen American Horror Story Season 1. Yeah. Um, Ellie, honestly, I don't have an opinion for Ellie. Um, obviously, I don't want to see the Juno chick, um, <laughs> Ellen Page, <laughs> she, because that's yeah. a generic, that's what she looks like. And there was that confrontation before, like, oh, you stole my identity for the game. Like, bitch, please, everyone looks like you. Well, there's no like, way that know. she'll work with him because <laughs> of that alone. Like, she's yeah, in exactly, lawsuits yeah. with Naughty Dog, so <laughs> there's no way. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever. And then she shows up in another game after that. You know, I'm just complaining now. Yeah. But as long as it's not her, I don't really care who. I don't really have an idea for Ellie. So I don't know what your suggestions are yeah, for her. Myself, I really don't have any big picks. I was kind of thinking like, you know, Hugh Jackman maybe. I kind of want to see like the Logan team again, right? So you have uh, the same two okay. working together and this would be really cool. But it'd be hard to like separate them from Logan. Uh, Cheddar, what do you think? You know, what? I, I don't have, I didn't think about it. I don't have any like specific names that come to mind. Um, but mm -hmm. Do you think this this is going to be too much of like the Walking Dead over again? I think there might be a little bit of Walking Dead thing going on here I, with HBO's budget though. It might be even better. Like AMC's got a lower budget than HBO. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have a new mobile game coming from Marvel Squeaks. You're the one that found this. Uh, what's going on with this thing? Yeah. So Marvel Future Revolution is an upcoming MMO for the mobile that was announced at PAX East. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to be the successor to Marvel Future Fight. Yeah. Uh, which I know is super successful already, saying that it's racked up like 70 million uh, players. Um, 
playing that. So basically, the players are going to work together um, as part of an Omega fight team and battle a bunch of uh, villains that are going to come from uh, different universes. Right. Uh, what I've seen so far is that confirmed characters are Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Captain America, and Doctor Strange. I did see some outfits that are going to... You could customize them. The one I saw... Well, two of them I saw specifically was Captain Marvel in an all-white suit. And then I saw Captain America in a Hell Hydra... Well, in Hell Hydra. Hell Hydra? (laughs) High Hydra suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's that's pretty neat uh, um, that we could hopefully get some outfits that we would see. Maybe even classic classic outfits. Mm -hmm. Like, it'd be kind of neat to see uh, different variations of Wolverine if he's going to be in it. Or even, like, old school Captain America. Um, one thing I thought was pretty neat, Mark, uh, Summerack, mm-hmm. uh, is a writer for Marvel and he is working on the story for this as well. So mm-hmm. this might be like a legit, uh, mobile game. Like might not feel like you're playing it on a cell phone. They, well, I, I had heard that they were going to try to make sure while it is made by the same team that did future fight, uh, it's not going to play like future fight, but future fight plays very well. So I'm kind of surprised that they're mm-hmm. not wanting to lean into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is just going to be a cash grab with a lot of like purchases and shit like that? Uh, you know, yeah, not, not, I don't, I don't think a lot, um, but I do see it because every mobile game has it, especially if this is free. Now, if this is a mobile game that costs five bucks, then I don't see as obviously as much. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't really see Marvel doing it. Um, I've played other Marvel games before and I know that you could buy currency, um, and you can unlock other characters for like a team that you're playing. Yeah. But I wasn't like slammed with ads of saying, Hey, here's your daily deals and shit. Yeah, I'm currently playing because, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the times. Got to get on those mobile games with all the freaking kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm playing that Raid Shadow Legends, and it's almost unplayable with how many times they're mm-hmm. interrupting you to buy something. You get into the game, you have to close yeah. down, like, sales ads, pop-ups. You have to close down, like, six at a time to get to the actual game. And then that's, it's that's all horrible. automated. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just not that great. So I'm actually kind of done playing it. Uh, yeah, that that's lame. Yeah, I'm playing a... Um... Uh, Gears Pop and then Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins is an anime on Netflix. Right. That one, Seven Deadly Sins on the mobile, runs so good that it literally feels like I'm playing on a computer. Like the graphics, right. the fighting, you're like, what the hell? Like this needs to be every mobile game. That's like Future Fight, Marvel Future Fight. I, I played a little bit of that here and there. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just feel like this is the old school smash em ups, you know? Like when you used to play, like, yeah, you know, those old ones that are like just like a fun game, like the old Lord of the Rings games or whatever. It feels like that. And just, man, this is a blast to play. Um, I hate it as soon as you hit like anything that asks me for money, but that game is fully free. So it is justified. Uh, nice. So I'm hoping, you know, it's the same team, this Net Marble that's doing it. So hopefully they do well the same yeah for sure all right moving on to the next subject here we have the new batman um map i'm sorry batmobile images released uh director matt reeves has released new photos of the batmobile from 2021 to the batman uh it's reminiscent of the early comics and the fact that it's like a sports car kind of muscle car look uh we haven't seen much gadgets but we do know that it has a jet engine on the back which again is old school uh is there anything about the car when you're looking at it that you guys see of note that it's pretty interesting on the back, the frame around the uh, engine, it has like a like a roll cage, like you see in a, a buggy or a, a big truck or something like that. So that's pretty cool that they designed it pretty much able to roll or be crushed and not not stop running. Yeah. Uh, what do you think there's, uh, Cheddar? Um, you know, looking at it, well, when I first saw it, it, to me, it looked like an old school muscle car. I mean, it didn't look, almost for a minute, it didn't look like the Batmobile. The front end looks like a, a Dodge tra- uh, Challenger to me, so I think that's going to be the frame of this thing. Uh, but it definitely has like a lot of fiberglass work on the back there to make that that cool, 
you know, Batmobile effect where it's got the, the uh, um, what is that called on the back there? Defenders. The, the defenders on the back, the way they're wider and, and then they're up higher. So that looks pretty cool. And then I was looking at the rails that are on the hood. I was talking to Jonathan about this. And they, they run down the entire hood and then they tuck underneath the, the bumper. So I almost think that they're going to be some sort of either ejection system or, I mean, in a dream world, some sort of Gatling gun rails. I think that, or they could just be for like protection when the car crashes. But I don't know, man. There's something yeah, about those, I you think, know? I think those are bracing. I think this thing was made to be like, uh, what are those derbies where they just crash into yeah, each demolition other? Derby. Uh, uh, demolition yeah, demolition derby. Demolition derby. I think that, that I think that's what this is made to do is it doesn't have the cannons to shoot through the walls. It's going to break through the wall. It's got the muscle to just go with the power to just ram through brick walls when it needs to kind of thing. I like that idea and the fact that it doesn't look like a tank and it could still do that. If that's the case, you know what I'm saying? Cause I yeah. look, the Batmobiles of the last two movies are great, but they're not Batmobiles. They're tanks. Uh, so this yeah. one's and back this, to the car look. That'd be cool if it could still do that. This reminds me a lot of Punisher and I'm hoping we get to see that he actually designed this in his you know garage, though he's, a billionaire and stuff he's not an engineer or it i don't know to some extent yeah so it'd be cool to see that he's trying to figure out how to make this thing strong enough to you know fight the mobs on the streets yeah well, kind of like uh what john was saying making it his own so everything we've seen with uh, batman almost looks like he's made it his own if you saw his costume his mask almost has that stitching on it mm-hmm. so i don't really have a specific gadget i want to see on the batmobile but i do want to see something that's not the best because he had to make it himself, you know? Yeah, so I'm thinking like, like a uh, 90s Batman. He used to have that thing where he used to be able to attach the light posts to turn faster. So, mm-hmm. so if he had some, like, janky system version of that, it would be really great. Uh, yeah, Yeah. I mean, we've seen, what, gun? we've seen, like, guns popping up in the front of the hood. We've seen spikes, whatever, in the back that shoot out. But it would be cool to see something different, but it would be cool to see, to see something not perfect yet. Yeah. Yeah. From the rear view, from the rear view uh, window, you can kind of see that he has like a small nav system. But other than that, you don't see a lot of gadgets or a lot of instrumentation on the dashboard. So that leads me to think like this might just be an awesome car, which I'm totally cool with that. That yeah. actually sounds like yeah. it'd be really fun. Do you think with the the new car, the new suit, that it's pulling away from what what we know as Batman, or do you think it's going to make it better? I think it's going to be year one Batman. I think this is going to be. Uh, yeah. I've got a lot of money, and I like engineering. Let me see what I can make. I know it's not going to be Ben Affleck who has every tool and, and toy in the shop. So I think he's going to be just well, trying shit out. Yeah, I agree with that because if they, okay, look, so we've had different Batmans throughout the past, but we need who is playing Batman for the next, how many ever years kind of like Marvel, because we need to build this DC universe and have more justice Will league movies and add more characters to it. So if they're going with year one Batman, it'd be nice to see it kind of from the beginning but then, like, hey, Batman 2, let's speed things up a little bit and get him to catch up. Yeah. Um, so we need a different Batman because we've seen a few already. And it's kind of getting annoying. We're just seeing multiple Batmans. Have you guys seen the deep fake that Jonathan had brought to our attention? <laughs> I did. <laughs> so uh, in case you guys didn't know, there's a deep fake out there of uh, Robert Pattinson in the in the spot where Christian Bale's getting the suit for the first time from from fox and uh there's some there's some mistakes but overall it's pretty cool i I did like it it looks good okay so uh let's look into the next thing here this is pretty insane story okay when i first saw it i was like let me delve into this thing let me see what's going on here there's a fifa 20 uh esports match that was decided by rock paper scissors after connection failure so here's the thing uh the early stages the qualifiers they're done over like just at your home or whatever they're they're just regular connection stuff uh, where you connect up and then you play against, against each other to figure out who's the winner. 
they uh, two players had connection errors, and then they decided to do rock paper scissors to see who would win. And right afterwards, went to Twitter to complain. So it's between uh, Hassan Ecker and Sean uh, Galia. They were, they were the two players. They went to the Twitter account, so you guys can check those out uh, on our website. Uh, and they were sitting there complaining and saying like, "Oh, okay, out of this, Hazar win, Hazan wins." But then EA had to step in and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys! You guys are both disqualified already." So. If there's a connection error during an esports match, an EA esports match, you're automatically disqualified. Both of you guys automatically take a loss. And so they were both disqualified. They did this almost for fun, but then went to Twitter to complain about it, saying that, like, what the fuck, EA? So there's kind of this thing where it's like you guys threw EA under the bus when EA has, you know, set rules on this. Uh, EA says that they vowed to uh, figure out what, what happened in the situation, see how they can prevent it in the future. That weekend, they were having connection errors the whole time. So I almost think somebody was DDoSing their servers, something like that. Uh, what do you guys think about the situation? Do you think it's fair that these these players receive a loss? Squeaks, what do you think? No, I think this is ridiculous that EA would come out and say, oh, you both lost. Like, this is a final. What what the, what, the, what do you mean? So nobody wins? It's a qualified like, that, match. So a, there's there are other matches. This is then, just to get into the next section. But Yeah, but then nobody, none of those two are able to go to the next section because your ass can't figure out your servers. That's, that's pretty pathetic. And... I mean, the rock, paper, scissors thing, I mean, that's funny, whatever, but it's also, this whole thing's a slap in the face. You have the biggest sports game, one of the biggest, obviously, I think it is, uh, it is actually, the in the world. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the world, and uh, I mean, yeah, the connection sucks, but you got to figure out on a later time to get these two to play again, to move on, because that's unfortunate for them that they can't move on because of your issues. So, wait, where do they play from? Is this not a controlled network? Is this just people are logging in from home and compete to be in the... The, I tried you know, to yeah, I tried to figure that out because I thought okay they had a certain place <clears throat> where then that place's internet's bad, uh, and, and it looks like from what I was able to do, to to research is at this level they're playing from home, uh, so they were having an issue connecting to the server itself. So the connection is on the server side, not on their home side. So going back to last week, now I finally found a way to save GameStop. They will be the secure network. <laughs> there you go. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be the spy. Everybody go to your local GameStop to compete to be in the FIFA World uh, Tournament. That's that's what needs to happen is EA needs to buy, like, or whatever company needs to buy GameStop and then just have it, like, as their hubs <laughs> for stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, shit, they're everywhere, so you have really no excuse to not to go to one. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a car or OL, well, then... You know, I think, uh, yeah, think Squeaks is going to disagree with me on this, but uh, I think the problem is uh, that it's FIFA. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This wouldn't happen to Madden. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay. So, in the future, what do you think they could do if this happens again instead of just giving them both losses? Squeaks, what do you think? Just schedule it. Schedule it, like I was saying, schedule it for another time. Like, they, these two have to get together and still play. You know? Keep trying. Yeah. One of them I know was yeah. not in the U.S., the other one I think was in the U.S. So, uh, Hassan, his tweet was in a different language, and then Sean's was in English. So, I'm assuming they're from different countries. Uh, yeah, so mm. they, they still have to do it online, but yeah, just to reschedule it probably be the best bet. It just and is so crazy. That just shows how big the game is. When I went and like, looked into this a little bit further and saw that like these guys are talking shit on them over Twitter, which got a bunch of retweets and likes, and then that's not the policy. Like you guys did, They made it look like, oh, we had to settle our match through a rock, paper, scissors match. That's not the case. You guys did that almost on your own. It's not EA's fault that you guys decided to settle your match that way. So I was kind of, right that, away I was like defending EA, but then I'm like, well, I mean, EA could have figured shit out too. That is 100%, I agree with that for sure, because when I first heard that, I was like, no way, EA really fucking had them play rock, paper, scissors, but then, yeah, it's bad on those two people. Yeah. Well, what do you think then? You think they should stay quali- disqualified for their actions afterwards? 
Well, I think at this point they they went into the match knowing that that was the qualification that that was the rules. It's the same thing we had with Blitzchung, where if you go in with yeah. these being the rules, maybe they're not very clear in the Blitzchung situation. Uh, but in yeah. this one, like maybe they're not as clear, but that is the rules. EA needs to learn needs to learn from this and figure out a way to improve, like either with clearer rules or whatever. Um, but right now, I think they have to stay disqualified. Oh, I say I think rock paper scissors is pretty legit. It's like a pinky promise. Yeah, so <laughs> we should set everything up with Pinky Promises, Rock, Paper, Scissors, and then, like, you know, hide and seek for the finale. Yeah. That's what I say. Then since you since you compared it to Blitzchung, then I'm going to have to – I might have to side with EA because that's not fair if I side with Blizzard and not EA because, I mean, that's part of the rules and what you signed up for. So uh, It's so weird. I know. That's my first reaction, it too. It sucks, but, yeah, it sucks, but, I mean, shit. I you just happen to be that one person that fell in, in that little category. Moving into the next section, this one actually, uh, Jonathan, you're going to be leading the one on this. You're the one that found this out. Oh. Good Old Games has revised their uh, return policy. Let us know what's going on with this. So, Good Old Games, I'm sure you guys probably already know, is uh, like an online video game retailer, just like Steam and, and uh, Epic Game Store and stuff like that. You can buy and download games. Um, with uh, Previously, I guess in the past, their return policy was, I think, 14 days if you haven't downloaded it yet. Um, but now they've changed their return policy because they've always had this uh, customer-first approach. Supposedly on their on their site, they talk about it too. But uh, they've revised their return policy, so you have 30 days to return any game you bought from them, and you can download and have played that game already. So most people like us can play and beat a game in less than 30 days, probably in four or five days. Um, so there, there's no questions asked, just, you know, you download it, you play it however long you want. If you have a reason to return it, you can return it. Um, so this has already has, you know, developers kind of upset because they don't want returns. They don't want people, you know, taking their money back and putting it back in their pocket. Um, so it's kind of controversial. Of course, the gamers love it because they're like, cool, I can play any game. And people are already saying I can play any game and just return it, no problem, and just get free games out of this. But Good old games has already mentioned that, or already tried to make it clear that we do retain the um, the ability or whatever the right to uh, to to stop any returns. So, it, in case that they see this is being abused, that their policy is being abused. So, I believe the reason they're doing this is to make it to where gamers aren't afraid to try new games. If you see a game that looks interesting but it's not worth your fifty bucks because you don't like to play that kind of game or whatever, uh, it gives you the chance to just try it out, play it. If you realize like, oh, you know what? This is a lot better than the other version that looked like it or something like that. This just plays better for me. Then cool, you own a game. You were able to take that leap without being too afraid. But if you uh, buy a game and you just really, you're never going to open that file again in your life just because you hated it and you, you just can't play it. And it's not something that you're going to promote to your friends and stuff like that. Then you have the freedom to just go back, return it. You know what? While you're on our store, find something else you like and get into another game you're really going to enjoy. So I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea I, as long as they do do their best to, you know, control it and keep it from being uh, abused too much because, you know, developers can just start pulling their games out of their store if they if they don't like how much it's getting abused. Do you know if there's a time play limit? Like Steam has a similar policy, but it's only, you can only play for two hours. After that point, you can't return it at all. Uh, is there anything like that in place for this? I don't think so. At least they, they haven't mentioned that's, it. That's I know they crazy. left it open-ended <laughs> to where they can... They can, yeah, they can cancel any any returns they want, but uh, they they pretty much have it open ended right now. 
I think it'd be easy to keep track of these people. So if you bought three green, three games and you return three games back to back, I think it's pretty clear that we know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. It's just, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, man, if it works out, then that's fantastic. Because uh, there's been plenty of times where certain games for two hours, you don't quite get into it. A good example for this is Conan Exiles. Uh, two hours into the game, you're not really into the game yet. And so... It takes a bit. And then when you're ready to return it because you realize that the game wasn't developed correctly uh, and you want to return it, you're like, well, shit, yeah, it takes five hours before you realize that, though, uh, just because of how the way the game is designed. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it kind of feels unfair almost. But, yeah, I did get five hours out of it, you know. So something like this, I could see that being beneficial that you're able to return it. But as a game, if you were a game developer, oh, man, oh, there's no way I'd let my thing be a GOG anymore. Like, that just seems crazy to me. I'd probably pull it <laughs> right away. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be good for indie developers that are just trying to get their name out there a little bit, but yeah, yeah, for for the big guys, it's just probably more liability than they're worth taking. Yeah, yeah, there's there's not enough money in it for a lot of these games to come out. Like if you're somebody like Call of Duty, where you have enough of a, a staple fan Bond. base stuff like that, where you're like, they'll uh, yeah. come and buy us. We don't have to worry about that. But if you're a new game just trying something out, you really can't chance it. You really need every dime you can get. Like Anthem's a good example of this. Um, Anthem was new and it put a ton of money into it bombed so hard that you know they they end up losing out on their money that they put into this thing and that's a seven-year project sometimes uh so they can't chance somebody just buying the game and returning it i think of a game like that would have been returned a hundred times over (laughs) compared to other games they would have lost so much more money in that case yeah yeah sure so i also noticed i compared a lot of their games to the steam store Mm -hmm. and i noticed they're they are a little bit more expensive any of the games that i was trying to find you know on steam they're probably 10 percent cheaper yeah um so i think that's just i don't know that that's the cost to doing business if you do want to be able to buy a game with that uh safety net you're gonna pay a few extra dollars but you know it's just another way to get people into their site i think yeah i know gog's been really good about getting you kind of like old school games too that are hard to receive anywhere else stuff like that they have mm-hmm. and they give you like the rights to the games a lot of times when other people don't give you the rights to the games 100 percent, like you still own it through steam or something like that. So, uh, yeah. so there's there's a little bit of like behind the scenes stuff that kind of give. I think I'm not sure what their portion is to developers too. Where like EA is giving. I'm sorry, not EA, Epic Game Store gives more to the developers, and then uh, Valve does through Steam. So there's also that. Uh, but yeah, I, sometimes I hear really good deals. I have a couple of games on GOG just because I'll have a friend text me like, "Hey man, uh, original you know Warcraft's on GOG right now for heck of cheap. Pick it up." So then I'll you know go over there and grab it or whatever. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move to the next thing. An episode where Daniel's not here. We're going to be talking about Death Stranding. <laughs> it's coming to PC, so I'm going to actually play it now. Death Stranding is headed to PC on June 2nd for Epic Games, uh, Epic Games Store and Steam. This will include the crossover with Half-Life as well, which means it'll have the head crab hat, uh, the Alex gloves, and the Valve logo on the back of his head, which looks amazing. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the old Valve logo that would like be the bald guy with an actual like faucet valve on yeah. the back of his head. You can now have that valve on yeah. the back of uh, of Norman Reedus's head, basically, in uh, Death Stranding, so it's pretty <laughs> cool. Kojima and 505 Games announced this uh, release with some additional features, including photo mode, uh, ultra-wide support, and higher frame rates, because nowadays PCs get out to PS4 pretty quick. Um, and if you pre-order this, you get a ton of uh, in- uh, digital swag, including the HD wallpapers. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, do you think that... Um, that this is going to play better on a PC than on the PlayStation. Have you guys played Death Stranding? I haven't. 
No, so yeah. I'm waiting for PC, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> I, this is a day one for me. I got to see what all the fuss is about with this game. Um, I think there is. Uh, I'm not. I'm looking past the whole everybody talking shit. It's just a delivery simulator. Okay, I don't care because there's so many different characters that we've seen in this game. There's a story to this game, and I really want to know what the story is like. So, 100% day one. Uh, do I think it's going to run better than it? Um, I guess this. Did they really stack or stats of what it? Not like yet. How high it can run on? Not okay. yet. Just that it will be higher frame rates. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I mean. I mean, with that, obviously, it's going to run a little better, but mm-hmm. are we really going to see it? Notice like, is it, yeah. that, that's my like thing. Is, so, so hard because, okay, just real quick, you know, Daniel's one to play this game and reviewed it for us. So he's the one that would know better and he wasn't able to attend because of work scheduling uh, this recording. But yeah, I want to see from him, somebody who's played the game, are they going to buy it again on the PC? Daniel's such an avid PC player. I actually think he might buy it again for the PC. Is it something, is it uh, something we could play together online too? Because if we were going to get it, I'm sure he would get it on the PC as he well. He definitely would. There is a there is an online feature to it, but it's more like helping each other out where you leave stuff behind yeah. in the fields or wherever you're running. Oh, so see. it's not like a legit um, uh, multiplayer to it. Gotcha. We have a new game from Riot. They released a video uh, for, for it. It's uh, a first-person shooter called Valorant. Now, Riot Studios, you guys know, is the ones that created uh, League of Legends. And uh, this new first-person shooter is going to be like a five-versus-five team-based game, each player having unique abilities. So it's kind of like an Overwatch mixed with Counter-Strike or Call of Duty. Uh, where it's more focused on the actual shooting itself. Riot tweeted out a video with the devs playing together. What do you guys think about Riot getting into a new genre like this? Uh, I think it's uh, pretty awesome because you never know how big you can be until you do venture out there. So I know, um, say, once upon a time... uh, uh, Okay, for this one example, this is a small one. So we did a tweet about our old childhood game. So we did. I did Dino Crisis. So I played one... And Dino Crisis 2, my favorite. And then number three went to In Space. So it's cool that you're going out there and doing something different. That's on a small scale. Now, if you take it to like Blizzard, you know, it used to be just World of Warcraft. And now we have Starcraft. And now the light, latest one was the Overwatch. So you never know what's going to be amazing until you do it. If it flops, it flops. If it doesn't, then your brand just gets bigger. So you got to take chances. And this game basically just looks like a... Black Ops 4. Or, yeah, Black Ops 4. Yeah, like, kind of like, like It's a person yeah. that shoots and you have a power. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> do I think it's going to do great? I think it will, actually, because there's a want for that, you know? But um, you never know how big you could be until you actually do it. I think it take chances. I think it's actually going to do really well with the fact that Riot's always been really big on esports. And this looks like it's designed for esports right away. So, it'd be pretty interesting to see how that goes. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool because uh, since League of Legends already used sport, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll probably that. do, like, combo events and stuff like that. Uh, hmm. Cheddar, yeah. is there any other company you'd want to see venture out into a new genre? Um, you know what? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Riot can pull this off. You don't think so? Why? Um, I think with their fan base, they will. But looking at it, it first thing I think of is Overwatch. Yeah, too similar. Pops yeah. right in my head. But I think with the League of Legends fan base, they're going to be able to start it up. Now, how long they can keep it consistent? Um, that I don't know. Yeah, because we saw Blizzard take a take a League of Legends and try to do it, and it didn't succeed too well for them. Although it is a good game, uh, here's of the storm, but yeah, it didn't succeed for them. I think uh, starting yeah. off, it's gonna have a, gonna have a huge hit, um, but I, I don't know if it can sustain. Just and you're also yeah, you're also grabbing a different type of player too, right? Like this ain't League of Legends, not even close. But I mean, yeah, well, I think there that's are a lot their goal, of right? shooter fans. They're not gonna want to dip into their own market. 
they already have League of Legends fans, and they want them to stay in their seat right where they're at. They're trying to take all the Overwatch fans and drag them over to their own game. That's true. Yeah, yeah trying true. to add it so to the fan base. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. I'm I think they're gonna do good because they already know what people want. They know they see games like Overwatch being a huge success, and they have the money to dump into it to really build a quality game. Not that Blizzard doesn't, of course, they got billions too. But you know they're they're gonna invest everything they can to try and attack that that uh, market as much as possible. But with League of Legends being so, I mean, how long it's been out and how good it's been doing, can can they make an effective game? And and it's also going up at some some pretty good competition. So we have Bleeding Edge coming from Microsoft, and um, mm-hmm. we also have Overwatch Two, the sequel to Overwatch, coming out. So it's really yeah. kind of coming into a crowded market. And then Counter Strike, it lives on its own field too. If you're going to go into the shooter part of it, Counter Strike and then uh, COD. So I just don't know how this game's going to do. And I wasn't overly impressed yeah, yeah. with it when I was looking at the videos. Yeah, there's so much out there that's already like this. So if it's not really impressive right away, then, you know, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Right. They're faced with so much competition. Can they make themselves a little bit different to pull those those uh, gamers in? Yeah. Like, why, how, why is this game going to pull me over Overwatch? Exactly. Yeah. Especially when you already put so yeah. much money into Overwatch. Uh, I can see. Oh God, shut the fuck up. Don't say that. <laughs> if they did some times with League of Legends, would be really cool. So, like, say I bought a skin in League of Legends and there was a variant that also went on one of my characters in this game. And a Valorant, like how cool would that be if they were like bundles and stuff like that that tied both games together? That'd be really neat. Which just like World of Warcraft and uh, uh, Overwatch, where like, oh, I have an Illidan skin for Genji, which is a character from Over- from World of Warcraft. You know, I can see that too. Like a Garen skin for one of my Valorant characters. That'd be pretty neat. You know. Can you just make League of Legends into a first-person shooter? That would be awesome. Why? Why isn't? Yeah. Why couldn't this be? You know, you controlling a League of Legends character. Yeah, from like a third point, third eye, or whatever, like yeah. behind the shoulder. Yeah, just yeah. saying. Is this behind the shoulder or first person? This is first person, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying like, okay. if you're going to do the, the melee swings or whatever, like I think a Bleeding Edge version of League of Legends would be really good. Yeah, but at the end of the day, then you're just going to become Smite. So I guess I was, that's a <laughs> It's too. funny. I was like, what's that yeah. Titan game? <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Smite. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, I guess that's going to become that's that. True. And then, hmm. But that, yeah, yeah that it, game could be taken out. Uh, to me, I don't care for it too much. But yeah, I think League of Legends could actually do better with that, right? Could be do, do better with that one. Let's go ahead and go into our Castlevania Season 3 review. Squeaks, you're going to lead off with this. Can you break down what Castlevania is up to this point so everybody knows what they're going into into Season 3? So season, uh, starting at season three. So, so kind of think, so kind of break down what Castlevania is in the first place. Like okay, Castlevania stuff. is a family of they're called the Belmonts. That's their last name, yeah. and their sole jobs are usually to defeat demons. And obviously, the main villain in each of these Castlevania games is Dracula. Uh, yada yada yada. They go to Dracula's castle. They kill Dracula. Dracula rises every one uh, hundred years. So that's the the game versions and there's this huge family tree of blah 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 like simon and which is everyone's well a lot of fan favorite now and um smash brothers yeah uh simon was originally from castlevania one and two and then the tree goes on from there from trevor okay um so with all the other characters that's basically what it is Mm -hmm. castlevania this is castlevania um period now the series is basically the same in the season one mm-hmm. but now we've gone through where Dracula has been defeated we're moving on now and now it's season three that we're facing other things now which i really liked how we are going through phases of castlevania yeah um now we're kind of more in this like 
super just hell, you know, instead of the focus off of Dracula. I know Dracula did have the whole hell stuff behind him, but now we're just focusing on this and how to get uh, Dracula's goal with his uh, predecessors to have it come back to what Dracula wanted eventually. Yeah, I liked how uh, in, in season three, we kind of left the idea of Dracula's the big bad. And instead, everybody that was around Dracula has their own, you know, objectives now and how they're all big bads. And some yeah. of them aren't actually all that bad. Like, it's interesting in the in this series, you're rooting for the bad guy. Like, oh, I really hope Isaac does well and destroy all humanity. <laughs> like, it's kind of that happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's pretty interesting in that in that case there. And, and with season three, I think it was perfect how it was a Game of Thro- Thrones vibe. 100 percent where it was different stories going on at the same time and it was all it was a lot of dialogue in it which uh i got i'm going back and watching season one as right now and wanted to see if that was the same feel from one and two Mm -hmm. because obviously i watch it right away day like within two days i'm done and then i wait forever for the next season so i gotta go back and watch it yeah but i really how they did that but in the first when it first started off uh, i fell in love already with season three from the humor from alucard yeah when he was talking to the dolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cracking me up. And then from uh, Trevor and Saifa, when they were just talking in the, in the wagon to each other. I really um, I really like Saifa and Trevor's pers- uh, uh, relationship now. Now that we're past the oh, whole, yeah. like, will we be together? Like, the end of season two was kind of almost weird and cute. And the fact that we're like, look, we're just going to get married type of thing almost. Like, it was kind of just, let's just travel together. It wasn't even like, let's talk about being in a relationship. It was just like, this is how it's going to be because clearly we work too well. And then in this one, we just see them being like, Almost detective partners slash married couple out on a honeymoon is is really good combo. I really liked it a lot. And they were in like they mentioned it at the final episode is they're in the Sypha world right now where you know you go on adventures and they end up well and you know your heroes yeah. all the time. And then as the show goes on, we get into the Trevor life <laughs> where things aren't that great all the time. Yeah, yeah. She's starting to yeah she's starting to see that now. Yeah. Um, from obviously the ending, but I love how how well they complement each other from the humor and from the fighting because they fight so well together too. Uh, this season with the fighting, oh my gosh, this the action is so amazing. Next just some of the moves that Belmont does yeah. and Cypher does is just holy shit, and that's what like really turns me on to seeing things. I guess seeing things killed that we've never seen before in a way we've never in seen a way, before. Yeah. It. it- it kind of reminds me of, and, and while I was watching, I was like, this is close to the action of the final. To me, it's the best fight ever of Aang in The Last Airbender, the final fight with him. It's the best fight scene in anything ever. And when I'm watching Saifa jump around with like the Iron Man, like fire coming out of her wrist, I was like, that is close mm-hmm. to being that cool. And uh, so yeah. they did a really good job with it. Uh Speaking of that, too, because even the beginning had me turned on with the humor, but with that first action scene, they were in the wagon and they ran into some monsters just in the middle of the road. It's like, man, this is really setting up to be this like a high, you know, standard for the season. Yeah. Um, but off of them, too, and going to Alucard, uh, his story was a little uh, interesting to me because yeah. he met those uh, two, the brother, the brother and sister. And, sister yeah. and I thought things were going there like, oh, we're going to see the brother and sister basically uh, uh, were in a way forced to watch their... I don't know, I guess they're people. They're from a feudal Japan that was ruled by a Dracula queen, like a vampire queen. And so they're trying to figure yeah. out how to kill vampires, basically, so they can go back and free everybody. Yeah, because they're forced to watch this vampire fight. It was pretty much like, who's the best you got, and I'm going to try to kill yeah. them. You know, Every day she's everyone would fail. Yeah. So I thought this was genuine, like, oh, they're really going to, you know, fucking learn how to go back and kill that vampire. And then things change and you're like holy shit yeah. what the hell is going on here that, that's the and right then, reaction yeah. <laughs> yes 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 
<laughs> and I was like, this is a little too friendly. Why are you so touchy touchy? Hey, okay, oh, wow. whatever. This this something jumped in on the seat. Um but yeah. But one of my favorite stories is uh Hector and Lenore. Yeah. Um, because that really gets you in the feels because I honestly thought that this relationship relationship between them two was gonna be genuine mm-hmm. and kind of pure, like they're gonna love one another and whatnot, and then you just get played at the end. So explains my life story. That works out well in the fact that my favorite story is the one you haven't mentioned yet, and that is Isaac's story. So Isaac, who uh, was the most loyal servant to Dracula, uh, when Dracula knew that he was going to die, actually threw Isaac into the middle of the desert to save his life because Isaac was going to die for him. And um, and so Isaac now has, he's one of the two forge masters that can bring people back to life, the other one being Hector. Uh, he, he can bring, what he does is he doesn't bring back to life. He takes a demon's soul and puts it into the dead body of something that's been dead. And so he's like first, I like how he's going to first off start trudging his way back to Dracula's castle so he can see what he can do to help. Uh, but then he's like, I could be building up my own army. And so he just does that. Like, so we're watching Isaac building up his army and slowly becoming this unstoppable force that will eventually arrive to our heroes probably next season. And I mean, he'll be this massive, huge army of undead, you know, demons. Uh, and, but, but his struggles with like, turning on humanity and what, and trying to find a version of humanity that's good. And like just constantly being disappointed in humanity as he goes. Um, and then seeing little, like little tidbits of interesting people, like the, the pirate that he hires and like the guy he buys the mirror from that were like, there is some people out there that are not terrible dude. And like, just kind of like, so, you know, I'm wondering by the time he gets to the end of his journey, will he change as a person to where he'll be on our side or on Hell's side? We don't know. And you're, it's, he's that character where I'm like, I'm kind of rooting on him to be on Hell's side and turn on us all. It's real weird. Yeah, and those side characters are awesome too. Like that that sailor, yeah. the one that owned the ship, like he, the people that stood up to him, not giving a shit who he really is, even with all the demons behind yeah, him, yeah. Were, were are pretty neat. And those characters, you just see them in a two, like two episodes and you're done and you're like, dang, that was kind of a memorable person. So moving on to the visuals now, uh, what did you think of, of how they did this art style? It's it's this American anime, kind of has a little bit of a Metalocalypse touch to it, but it is an American anime style. Uh, what did you think about the visuals and the battle scenes and stuff like that? Just briefly, uh, man, I think I think it's beautiful for the fact that it moves slow so fluently mm-hmm. compared to other animations or animes that uh, I've watched. Yeah, because you I mean you really see it in the action scenes um, is when they're spinning around and stuff. It, like it really is a full effect. Like I see it all. Yeah. Like it's perfect. It moves so smoothly. What are your thoughts on the like settings too? Because like a lot of it was done in a, in the middle of a cathedral and stuff like that. Fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because when I think of Castlevania, I I want dark tones. I want scary places. Uh, the cathedral with the cross hanging upside down the that whole time is just sitting there. Like okay, that's cool. While he's reading books, the that magician guy, the sorcerer at the end. Yeah. I, I can forget his name. I can't remember. He's just idea. chilling there, sitting books, and the fucking cathedral's worn down, and the cross upside down. And I mean, obviously, he's trying to find out. Saint something, Germain but yeah. is no. the guy's name. Saint Germain, yeah. that's right. Um, no, the settings for every single thing is perfect. And I, I was really interested in this like new faction that arose that we haven't seen before. That was the mm-hmm. basically, I mean, they were Satanist, and it was like the invention of Satanist. It wasn't like it was something new. It was like, oh, there's this group of regular priests that were visited by one of the demons and then they decided to kind of capture him and then just listen to what he said. And so it was like this first formation and they were like, it was just so, it was a mind trip the whole time. Like, what does this mean? What's going to be happening? What side are these guys on? And then you realize that they're just greedy. Like <laughs> it's all it really is, you know, uh, but yeah. you know, that's also part of it. So, uh, okay. And then last bit is character wise and acting wise. Did you think they did a good job with the voice acting this time? 
Um, I never had I never had an issue with anyone. I, I mean, everyone had a different voice, which was neat. So like everyone didn't felt the same. Yeah. Um, I was worried with the four sisters, um, the four vampire sisters, that they were going to be too similar to each other. But no, they did a good job of yeah, being unique. No, yeah, but they're all differently. They're all unique mm-hmm. um, in different ways. So that's neat. Um, yeah, no, I didn't have any issues with that. So I think it was pretty, pretty, pretty. Well I really done. like Saifa's accent. Really separates her. It kind of adds an extra yeah. layer to her, which is really cool. I think it's kind of maybe a, maybe a French accent. It's it's really cool. Well. Kind of just like the vampires you were saying. I mean, they're with each other most of the time, like say sitting at a table, but they're so different still yeah. in accents and and the way they act to one another. Uh, any other final thoughts on on Castlevania season three before we give it a grade? Uh, no, I'm ready for a grade. All right, what do, what, <laughs> we're gonna try to do grades for a little bit, guys. See how we those feel, and then we'll we'll see where we go from there. We normally do percents, but then we always get <laughs> messed up on those anyway. So, uh, grade this thing. What's it got? Okay, so. <clears throat> This Castlevania series is since day one. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Whatever mm-hmm. has been my favorite animated series out there. Wow. Um, this is the best video game adaptation I've ever seen in my life. There's not anything better than this. I mean, and try to fight me. No, on I, it. I, I, the I, movies, I think you're actually right. Whatever. Yeah, even compared to the movies, you're right. This is, yeah, this is a hundred. This is my first Daniel move. This is an A plus. Wow. Like, a plus. This is like the kid that turns in all his homework and did extra credit. <laughs> That's pretty this nuts. That. Dude, that's pretty nuts. The hundred percent A plus to me in the series. Okay, I, I'm gonna give it a B plus myself. Uh, I don't. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I don't think it even gets an A to be honest with you. But that's just because I think structurally they have some issues in the fact that uh, if you look at like season one and season two, the way they're divided up, they really should have been one season. And then I think this one lost its way about halfway through, where they weren't really focused on. We had we had too many side stories that were misleading the middle the main story. You know what I'm saying between uh, Belmont and Saifa. Like I think that story kind of got a little lost in the middle there. So I think I mean it's so amazing. B plus really good, totally worth the watch. It's not a lot to watch anyway, so totally worth it. But I I wish that it was a little bit tighter. I think that twelve twelve ish uh, seasons. Sorry, I think the twelve episodes could have been converted down to eight episodes and made it a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. That's my main thing. But that's kind of like what we see with the. Uh, I mean, I threw a Game of Thrones already out there, but it's kind of see that. How many episodes did we see where it was just dialogue? Right, but there like, was fucking oh my as god. As much as I up. love Game of Thrones, it's probably my favorite live action. Well, that's hard to say, but anyways, it's really great. Um, there was definitely episodes that could have been trimmed out. There's no doubt. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, B plus for me, A plus for you. I think well, that A plus is pretty huge. That's awesome. All right, guys. Next up, we have our onward review. And uh, Cheddar, you saw this one, right? Yeah, I did. I did. So Cheddar, uh, first off, what did you think of the the movie overall? So uh, overall, I did think it was a pretty good story. Um, like any Disney movie, you kind of you kind of know what is going to happen. Kind of have an idea of the feel of the movie. Um, I do think it's a must see. Um, I think I had to watch it with uh, the amount of advertisement that's been put out in the movie. Um, it was like, okay, I gotta go see this thing. What's all the hype about? Um, I do, I do think it's got a lot of lessons in the movie for like the younger generation. Um, but, um, you know, other than the tearjerker and my wife calling me a bitch, um, I I do (laughs) think it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's, so it's made by Pixar, but, uh, so, you know, Pixar is always about those like life lessons or, you know, if you think about up, you're crying in the first five minutes of the movie, uh, stuff like that. So they always kind of have those going on. So story-wise, break down what the story is. I mean, no spoilers, just kind of setting up what's going on in this movie. Why are we here? Two brothers, um, and it's they have the ability to bring their dad 
back to life for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're on an adventure to actually bring their dad back and meet him or, or reunite back with him for a short period. But it's how they get there and the challenges they face and, and how they grow together to get to the end point without that's what it's spoiling all about, yeah. too much. No, yeah, that's that's the key, though. Is And it's funny because from the trailers, I thought it was going to be more about the dad. But it's so not. It's all about the two brothers and their relationship together. Right. About halfway through, I was like, wait a second. This has got almost nothing to do with the dad. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging out. Yeah, That's funny. So how would you think of it? Uh, the story-wise, I thought was done very well. I liked the pacing of it. it it's it, I couldn't really pin down what it was. And I don't want to keep comparing it to Shrek because, of course, it's, that's easy. It's both fantasy you know, parodies. But it is kind of like Shrek in the fact that we're constantly getting a new little mini-adventure in our adventure. Um, and I liked that a lot. You had different things going on. And then they used the mom and the uh, manticore as kind of like these transitional characters. Like something would happen with the, with the brothers and then you'd see how the mom and the manticore are doing. Then you go back to the you know the brothers and stuff like that. So there was kind of a funny little side gag going. Um, and I really liked it. I liked the finale. It was so well done. The final boss, we'll just call it that, was like, wow, that's a really cool idea. That was really neat. Um, and it was it was really well done. And I, I, and I got it wrapped up so well. Yeah, I was I was a little bitch too. So I was like, fight back to tears. <laughs> yeah, it was really well done. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I did like it. Uh, do you think there's anything they could have done better on it? Or do you think well, that it was... Good. Yeah, um, you know, I it's hard to say because I actually kind of would have wanted to see more of the dad, like him as kind of. Th- th- there were moments where like just the legs walking around was funny because one of the things we haven't mentioned before, like we'll go into visuals next year. Uh, you know, it's very beautiful movie and stuff like that. The way it's done and, and it's that Pixar quality, um, and the way that the dad's walking around, he's only got ha- he's only got his legs, his like bottom half of his body walking around. Uh, and I liked the way they showed like there was just like light emitting from there, like it was unfinished magic, which is exactly what the problem was. Um, and so we had that whole thing going on. Uh, I would have liked to see more humor coming out of that. Like there were moments where it was just, oh, that's funny. And there was like even heart heartfelt moments where like he would, like da, 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 tap with a foot and the dad would respond like, oh, yeah, that's me. Um, I wish that they just basically used the dad more. I think he could have been a lot funnier. Basically, what do, what do you think? What would you improve, especially visually? You know, um the visual aspect I thought was pretty good. I, I kind of expected a little bit more from the dad um, yeah. at the end. Once I don't want to ruin it too much, but towards the end, I expected a little bit more from the dad, more communication, I guess, more input. Um, yeah. Kind of where I'm at. I kind of liked that though. Again, because we didn't have him a lot in the ser- in the whole show, the whole movie. I kind of liked how they wrapped it up where we were left with very minimal dad reaction and then the point of view that we had what i thought was even better because then it was changing the focus on who actually needs the dad you know what i'm saying like without giving too much away but you know what i'm saying like it was just so i thought that was really well done personally it was it was less than i expected but it was like that's right because i don't need it you know it was it was a lot of hate for me you know i understood it yeah, I understood it. yeah. you know i was like yeah you know what that's a, that's the right way to do it but at the same time like well shit why did they put a little bit more into the the dad Totally. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that it was kind of like a letdown in that fact. That's true. Uh, voice acting wise. Now, that's what's huge about this is we have Tom Holland and, and Chris Pratt playing the two brothers. Uh, I personally forgot it was Tom Holland until halfway through. So I think he did a really good job of kind of, you know, becoming the character and not just being Spider-Man's voice. Uh, how did you think the acting went, for the, especially from those two main characters? So I was kind of paying attention to that when they first came on just to see how they would do. 
Um, I think they did pretty good. I did think that um, uh, that it was a little different, but at the same time, I did do think I didn't expect them to do that good in the animated character. Yeah, um, so yeah, they I think did. That's what it kind of boils down to. They did better than what I expected. Um, at first, I was like, you know, can they really pull off an animated character? And I actually did, do think they did pretty good. Yeah, uh, Chris Pratt. He kind of shows through his character, but that's I, a lot of that comes down to Chris Pratt's personality because he plays this. He actually, the, his character in the show is a lot of like Andy from Parks and Rec, which is you know what kind of got Chris Pratt famous. And so it's hard when you hear that voice coming out of a guy who's like bolsterous and like let's go on adventures when you could see Andy from Parks and Rec doing that. So that didn't blend in as well. He did well, but it just it kind of shown through too much. True. Yeah, you you knew who it was when you heard it. Right away, and Tom Holland to me, it felt like, oh, I would, I almost forgot about it, and then I was like, that's right, that's Spider Man. Yeah. You're right, yeah, absolutely. So it, it did take me, I guess it did take me a minute to realize it, that I knew who it was, but just to hear the voice, uh, if I didn't know who it was beforehand, I, I probably wouldn't put two and two together. Yeah, uh, and then the last, yeah, but that does suck. I'm gonna, but because yeah. that does suck, because uh, like we got Rocket Raccoon with uh, Bradley Cooper, right. I did not know that was Bradley Cooper for the longest time. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I had to watch videos of him doing Rocket Raccoon and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. So too bad it wasn't on that kind of level. But then again, they weren't, they were just playing like normal teenagers or whatever, right? Right. And I think, like I was saying, I think one of the hard parts is Chris Pratt's character plays a character that Chris Pratt's known for playing pretty much. So it's hard to kind of melt into that when Tom Holland's character is kind of this shy, nerdy kid, which, yeah, very Peter Parker. Uh, but I mean, and man, it just, he just like really did a good job of doing the voice acting for that. It, it really worked out well. Do you expect, uh, you think the ending was good or do you expect to follow on uh, anything more for this movie? And do you think it's going to blow up in the Disney side of the house or, or pretty, pretty stay kind of mellow? I think it's gonna be mellow. I think this is one of their kind of just average Pixar movies. I, I kept getting like, again, I keep saying this like DreamWorks feel where it's just like, man, that's a good movie, but it's not going to be a toy story. It's not so endearing. Uh, I think that they're gonna just like this is a one and done. Uh, it's not like Cars, it's not like Wall-E. Wall-E, one of the best movies ever made. Um, it just it was missing something. It was heartfelt, but it wasn't like it was like super identifiable or something like that. I think it was missing a little bit. It was kind of actually now I'm thinking about it, it was closer to Rick at Ralph, in the fact that it was just constant action, a lot of references because of the whole fantasy world that they're in. It's post magic fantasy world. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, do you, would you improve anything on this? I don't know if I'd approve anything on it, but I don't think it's going to be the Frozen. I don't think you're going to see it yeah. all over Disney. I think in the short period while it's out brand new, you're going to see it all over. You're going to see it in the Disney stores. You're going to see it. Uh, but you're not going to see it blasted everywhere. Um, so I, I don't think much more after this one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so going from here, let's say you you haven't watched this yet. Would you suggest they go to the theaters? Wait for it to be released for home the- for the home, or wait for it to go out on like Netflix. It'll be Disney Plus, but yeah. Ooh, so I think it, I think it depends. I think if you enjoy the Pixar up kind of story, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a must see. Um, so I would say yes, go see it in theaters, okay. um, just based off the storyline and the kind of the, the tearjerker that it brings. Do you think you'll? I know, I know we're kind of almost past Blu-ray now, but do you think it's worth purchasing for your home? What the fuck is Blu-ray? Yeah, I know, right? And, and it's hard because <laughs> this one's actually Disney, so it'll just be on Disney Plus. But do yeah. you think like this is something you should own a copy? No, this is a, a to me personally, this is a one-time buy. I mean, one-time watch. 
yeah, uh, watch it once and then and then press on. Uh, it's not a movie that I'm gonna keep replaying or or watch over and over again, right? Uh, but it it is a it's a it's a must see one time and that's it to me. What about you? I'd have to agree with you on that. I think I'm I'll probably watch it like maybe one more time um, at home, but. Something like again, like Wally, or maybe even like the old school Toy Stories and stuff like that. Like those, I'll rewatch all the time. Like those are a lot of rewatches. This one's not that case. Um, I I would wait for it to come home. I would probably buy it just because I it is worth the watch. And I think if you have kids, for sure this is gonna be really good uh, because it's it's a lot of short adventures, which that helps with the kids' short attention span. Um, but yeah, so I, I think you gotta buy it if if you have kids, and then as a collector maybe. Um, you know what? That's crazy that you talk about Blu-rays and buying it. So there is no point in buying movies anymore with Disney coming out with that Disney Plus. Like you were yeah. saying, it's coming to that. Why? Why buy it for the kid? You know, when you have Disney. That's Plus. things. If it wasn't for Disney Plus, that's that's a whole other field because this is actually going to come out with if same day it's on Blu-ray, it'll be on Disney Plus. Uh, but if it wasn't, if it was a DreamWorks or an Illumination, then you have to wait for like another couple months for it to be on Netflix. Uh, so Disney Plus yeah. kind of messes it up. That's why it's kind of hard to kind of compare it with it, the others. It's crazy that we got to that because I was just talking to someone recently and I was a big fan of collecting uh, superhero movies and any Disney movie, of right. course. But what's the point? I used to always take pride in my collection, but now it's like, what's the, I kind of don't care about my collection anymore because why would I buy a movie when I could just click a button right here and watch it? Yeah. I, I, I have a huge so DVD crazy. collection that just now sits there. I don't ever actually use them. And like yeah. for me personally, I have two fat hard drives, you know, that are about, it's 11 terabytes together that are just stacked with movies that I've collected over the years. And it's kind of like, you know, that to me is a more important movie collection now because it has everything that I can't find streaming wise. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. nuts. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Right. Yeah. Unless you're a collector, uh, I, I don't see the need to me. I'm not a, not a collector when it comes to DVDs and same thing with, uh, with this movie. And, and, uh, I may disagree with you. Wally, to me, unless you're a collector, there's no need to purchase at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and give this thing a letter grade. What do you think, Cheddar? What would you give it as a letter grade? You know, I'm gonna give it a solid B. Yeah, probably just a B. Yeah, that's exactly what I gave it to. It was a B. Uh, totally worth the watch. I, I I did enjoy it a lot. I really liked the final battle. I think that was really well done, and uh, I think it had a really good message. You know, uh, basically older brothers are amazing. So Jonathan Trout should probably go watch this. Um, but yeah, it was good. I, I, yeah. I did overall like it. I mean, compared to me, I think it's full of shit oh, when it comes to older brother. Part. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But it, it, to me, it is a must watch one time. It, it's not something I'm going to put on replay. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, guys, that's going to be it for our reviews and for news. Uh, coming up on March 22nd, we have the uh, Sacramento Comic Con. Come and join us. We have two other podcasts that are going to be meeting us there to do some live recordings. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun games and stuff like that. Uh, we'll we'll be doing a lot of things. If you come by, we'll be having you on the air. We were gonna do the ranked board, and we're actually gonna cancel the ranked board, uh, just because I think it's best that we don't have everybody touching the same things and hanging them up right now with everybody's all the worries. We will have a lot of Purell though, and then um, and then next week we have a huge announcement. So make sure you guys join us. Uh, we'll do a video for it. It'll be on our website, and of course it'll be on the podcast as well. Uh, so we have a really big announcement coming then. And uh, so, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. See you Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.